Hey, good morning or afternoon or evening. This is on a Tuesday as we continue our journey through Scripture. I hope that you've had a, a good weekend and, and your week is going well so far. Uh, we're in uh, continuing to be in Exodus, so we're, we're going to kind of slow down and only go a couple of chapters at a time here just for a, a couple of weeks. Uh, these are very foundational principles we're, we're entering into uh, in the book of Exodus. So today we're just going to look at uh, uh, chapters 14 and 15. So encourage you uh, to take a moment and uh, if you need to pause this or something like that to read chapters 14 and 15, encourage you to do that. But uh, we, are, we are continuing the story. If you remember where, from where we were last uh, week, um, we went uh, all the way through the plagues and uh, God delivering the people out of Egypt um, now they are are in the desert. You know, <laughs> that's it's important for us to to realize that they didn't just leave the the bondage that they were in in, in Egypt and uh, just magically the next day show up into a nice comfortable uh, apartment living. Right? They they they're released into the wilderness, into the desert. Uh, not an easy uh, path forward for sure. Uh, but they they leave Egypt and they're moving. And they find themselves uh, getting hemmed in. The Bible says that they, they get hemmed in. And uh, so there's the, the Red Sea in front of them. Uh, and behind them uh, is just the open desert. And sure enough, not too much of a shock, uh, Pharaoh decides, you know what? I, I really, I'm going to go and take them out. And, uh, you know, that, that makes it makes sense. That's a very human decision, all right. So, in his grief, as the people experienced such uh, an unimaginable loss, uh, as they had gone through all of the different plagues uh, from from God, uh, Pharaoh, in his grief, says, "Get out of here! Just just let let this pain be gone." But then, quickly, that human emotion of revenge kicks in, and so Pharaoh wants to go. And uh, either get the people back, or more than likely just wipe them out. And uh, so the people, they see this, and they see, you know, you can imagine them seeing uh, the uh, the chariots coming, and and you kind of do a little bit of a, a historical uh, understanding. Uh, chariots, these, this is probably pretty early on to when they come onto the scene in human history. Um, so this was kind of the, uh, the, the leading edge of military technology that is now bearing down uh, on the, the people of Israel. And of course it makes sense that they would be terrified, that they would be uh, overwhelmed with fear. Here they see uh, the, the Egyptian army uh, coming uh, at them. Now they did have uh, weapons and they could defend themselves to a certain degree, but they knew that they were outmatched. And uh, it's interesting what they what they say. It's important for us to uh, to understand. Uh, in chapter fourteen, verse ten, it says, "As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, uh, and there there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt?' Now." <laughs> I, one of the things that drives me crazy uh, in our world today is just our um, kind of propensity to exaggerate. We we love to exaggerate. One way that 
uh, I, I, say, I see this all the time, is by the use of the word literally. You know, if you talk to anyone, and, and all, uh, all of us, whenever we were in middle school and high school, you know, we kind of had our own vernacular, um, and all of it has major problems. The thing that drives me crazy about today's younger vernacular is the use of the term literally. You know, this literally happened, or I literally felt like this. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You, that, you literally did not mean that, right? And it's just this misuse of the word. And it's, it's used to exaggerate, to bring about a point, to elicit an emotion. Well, the people, they are exaggerating. They are uh, blowing even a dire situation they, they are responding in an unhealthy emotional way. They tell Moses, were there just not enough graves in Egypt? You know, of course that's not true, right? They're exaggerating this. They, all they can see uh, is the negative of what, it, what is about to happen. Their, their emotion has clouded their ability to realize and to see, okay, wait, maybe God can handle this. He's just performed these 10 amazing <laughs> Uh, miracles, and uh, maybe he can handle this too. But because they're so emotionally involved and and become uh, overly emotional about it, they're not even able to consider that. And so they start uh, telling Moses, "What are you going to do? What? What? Why did you uh, bring us out here?" It says, "Didn't you say? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians?'" Wow. That, that's, that's an amazing statement. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. All right, now, this is a, an important and a foundational understanding of human nature. Um, and, and, and I want to kind of delve into this a little bit. So the people are claiming that they would rather be enslaved than to come out into the desert and to experience what they're about to experience, right? That they would rather have just stayed slaves than to come out here and die, right? To be free from being slaves. And, and this gets into an idea of the, the importance of liberty and freedom. Um, you know, is that something that is inherent within all people is the desire to be free? Uh, and I would say that it's actually not. Uh, it is not inherent in us uh, to desire to be free. Um, most of the time we would actually desire to be taken care of, right? to be safe. And, and there's this, this tension and this balance that we see here. And, and I think what, we, what I believe that we see here from, from God, what God is doing in working with the, the Israelite people and freeing them from Egypt is... God is a God of freedom. God is a God of liberty, that he desires for us to be free. Um, but, but we, our human nature, sometimes tends to push against that. And, and it's very important for us to understand uh, kind of the tension that we have here, um, that we, we should have a desire for freedom, um, but yet our human nature many times pushes us to have that desire to be safe to be taken care of. I think you can actually make a case that, uh, I mean, right now, you know, in the world around us, we're, we're going through a very chaotic situation, right? And, and some of that is a result of this balance between 
being free and being safe, right? And, and there's, there's all kinds of different uh, elements there, and it's not a black and white case. But what you see is, is that some people just naturally have more of a desire to be safe and to be taken care of, and then some people have a, more of a desire to be free. And, and either of those extremes can be unhealthy, right? We need to find a balance. Um, but it is important for us to understand that God desires for us to be free, that liberty is an important aspect of God's desire for us. And that means that we're not always going <laughs> to necessarily be safe. Sometimes you have to step out of that uh, in order to pursue freedom. And, uh, and the, the people of Israel are experiencing that right now. And they're realizing, wait, there is a cost to this freedom. Yeah, we're not enslaved in Egypt, but now we're being threatened uh, to be overrun by the Egyptian army. So all of a sudden they're recognizing, man, there is a cost to being free, and they're not too sure if it's worth paying that cost. Uh, and of course I would say that it, that it is, and I know that they would find out that it is worth that, um, but that is a, a struggle that we all have within us. Um, and and it, it, the danger is that we can easily give up our freedom uh, just to make things, to make problems go away. And we, we should struggle with that, and there should be some tension with that uh, in, in our current situation. Uh, but as we think of the big picture of, of desiring to, to live in a free country. So as we continue on, and uh, Moses uh, is, it tells the people, and I love Moses' answer there in verse 13, it says, do not be afraid, right? Because it's their fear that's giving them that e- emotion that is clouding their understanding, that they're all of a sudden uh, basically forgetting all that God has done. Uh, he says, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Uh, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Right, so allowing God to to fight their battle for them, and uh, and so what we see is is this uh, unbelievable scene, and it's one of those um, this, this is one of those uh, miracles that I think uh, most people would love to have experienced, right? <laughs> to be able to experience the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, this is something that uh, is kind of has become common knowledge. It's it's part of pop culture in a way, right? The parting of the Red Sea. Everyone uh, knows that term. And, uh, and you can imagine how amazing that would be, the people being hemmed in. And remember, we, we don't know the exact number. We're, we're uh, a million people at least. I mean, it's a huge number of people that are going to need to cross the sea. And it, it parts right down the middle, that the, water bl- uh, the wind blows uh, and then parts uh, the the Red Sea, and it's clearly something that could only come from God. Uh, that that the that not only would the sea be parted, but the land would be hard enough to where the people could walk across it. Right? And so the people began to walk across the Red Sea to get to the other side. Uh, of course, we know the rest of the story. Uh, you know that the the Pharaoh's army pursues them, and then the walls of of water come crashing in and destroy. Uh, Pharaoh's army. Uh, it's a, a powerful uh, image. Again, God using the wind, um, uh, re-emphasizing that God is above uh, nature, that He controls nature, uh, that nature itself is not God, uh, that He controls that. 
Uh, and you can imagine the people and what they would experience uh, as, they, as they see uh, the, the walls of water come crashing down after they have made their way through. Um, it's a, a powerful image, a powerful miracle. Um, and it says, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses' his servant. Right, so so now we're we're moving beyond the, the the people are kind of continuing to mature, and there's a maturing process that we see here that all of us have to have to uh, experience. Um, you know, the people believed that God existed before this, right? But now it says that they trusted God, right? That there's a there's a move from just believing that God can do unbelievable things to now, okay, I trust that He's going to be. With us, I trust that He's going to take care of me. Um, that's an important uh, move forward in our faith in God. That we move from believing in God to actually trusting in Him. Now we're going to see the people kind of <laughs> fall back on that, you know, <laughs> in the in the chapters to come. Uh, but there is this important aspect that now we're seeing them actually trusting God. And then in chapter fifteen, and and I encourage you to read through that. It's, it's a very difficult uh, kind of translation. This is a, a very poetic psalm uh, that would, would have been sung in Hebrew. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful psalm of celebrating what they have just witnessed, celebrating how God delivered them. And, and I, I, I want to, uh, to just mention here a little bit that, that some, some people and commentators get very uncomfortable with this, because what are they celebrating? They're actually celebrating the death of numerous Egyptians, right? The, the, this uh, army of the Egyptians was completely wiped out. And, uh, and in our, again, in our 21st century mindset, we see that and we, we recognize that, man, those Egyptians, they had families. And, 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 and we see the, the human uh, element coming from their side as well. And so you say, what? Is that, is that right, that they should be singing this and, and uh, praising what has happened? And it, it doesn't, we should never lose the human element here. But the bigger picture is, again, what we've been seeing from the beginning is this battle between good and evil. Right? And, and there were really only two options that were going to happen. Because one thing that sometimes we... We think that there you know, may have been another option. We say, oh, this was just horrible that, the, that God took out all of the Egyptian people uh, or the Egyptian army here, how, how brutal that is. Uh, but what was the alternative? The alternative was not that the Egyptians stop and they decide to go back and they change their mind. No, the alternative was that they were going <laughs> to wipe out uh, the people of Israel. Right, and they were going to to kill no telling how many, and the ones that they may have left alive, they were going to bring back into slavery. Right, so those are two kind of bad options that both lead to death, and uh, and it's important for us to understand uh, that there is a difference. There is good and evil, and and what God was doing is He was protecting the people of Israel, uh, and He was protecting the people. Uh, from from being needlessly destroyed, uh, and and we we it's okay for us to wrestle with that, um, but we should never get to the point where we don't we don't understand that 
that there is a battle between good and evil, and we see that uh, represented here. Uh, and so at the end of uh, chapter 15, there's this moment where, they, uh, where, they're, where they're celebrating what God has done, and then immediately they, <laughs> they now continue to walk for three days. So they travel for three days, right? So they, they've just experienced this miracle that I can't, I, I can't even wrap my head around, right? And, uh, and then three days later, they start getting thirsty, and they start grumbling <laughs> against God and Moses, saying, uh, are you not going to give us something, uh, water fit to drink? The water that they had found was kind of bitter, and they couldn't drink it. And, uh, and so, of, of course, uh, God get, tells Moses, throw, uh, uh, throw some wood into the water, and it becomes uh, drinkable, again, showing a miracle that he is going to take care of the people. Um, and, and he... He issues, the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right as his eyes. Uh, so he starts to, to see some, some conditions for us to experience some of the promises of God. We have to, to also respond and to do as God has called us to do. Uh, we're going to see that uh, as, we, as we continue. Uh, so it, it's just amazing to me that this group of people experience this unbelievable miracle, and in three days they're already <laughs> starting to grumble and question uh, God. And man, don't we do the same? We, it is so easy for us to stay in the grumbling and the negative uh, uh, viewpoint and perspective and rather than starting to, uh, to trust and to live by the truth that, hey, God is going to provide a way. We may not see it at the time. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but that God will provide a way forward. And we never need to get stuck in that moment of just com- completely being overwhelmed uh, with grumbling and uh, negativity of what's going on around us. We always need to remember that God is the God who parted the Red Sea, and that God is the God who is going before you in your life. And no matter what you are facing, I promise you, God can walk with you and will walk with you through it to move forward. All right, we're going to stop right there. Uh, I encourage you to read uh, chapter 16 through 18 um, uh, for next time on Thursday. And uh, we're going to kind of continue this path towards Mount Sinai. We're getting to what may be the, or what is the, some of the most uh, foundational aspects to our faith uh, with the Ten Commandments, and we're getting very close to that as the people are moving towards uh, Mount Sinai. So we'll see you next Thursday.